we have a very similar understanding of how God works. He loves, he, he says of the, um, the way that God sees things is that he raises up the humble and he settles the proud. <laughs> and we have grown up, I grew up in a rural environment for most of my life, in fact, just except for the last two years, and it's a beautiful thing. And um, it's wonderful to be amongst you. You are wonderful people, but as we're worshipping Jesus, He is amazing. Amen. And to be amongst you, worshipping Jesus with you, in a way uh, that is very beautiful, uh, it's uh, just a little bit of heaven, as, as Al said. So, also just well done to, to Al, leading and the team, was uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. This is what heaven is about. Heaven is going to be us worshipping before the throne of God for eternity. And so it's hard to imagine that. Guys with uh, ADHD would be thinking, well, we get bored of that. And I promise you, you won't be. But good morning, Lighthouse Church. What an absolute privilege it is for us to be with you. Um, you've heard something of our uh, story. And... Um, and so I don't need to rehash that, but um, what I did, what I did feel to say was that Kim and I were at a stage where uh, I've just hit 60, and um, it looked like the airplane that was our last was coming into land, nice, gently, and we thought, well, life's going to slow down a little bit. Um, you know, as the airplane approaches uh, the runway, wheels go out, it slows down, it's going to land. But just before the airplane, which is our lives, landed, it was Jesus, I believe, who went over and took the throttle, and he just pulled it all the way back. <laughs> and we just... <laughs> we're in this very steep trajectory, flying very fast, we feel. Um, it seems... And it's wonderful. And it's absolutely, it's a privilege. It seems like church planting is a thing God is doing with us. Uh, we've been a part of the very first church we led. We led uh, up in the Ampelosi area for 13 years, uh, about, no, just short of 12 years. Um, there was a church plant. We were involved in another church plant down in the Gengenjobe area. There are two churches that were planted in the southernmost big area. And, and currently we are supporting a young guy who's planting a church in Salt Rock. So it's all about what God has done through us is uh, church planting. And it's a very special thing because that church grows and that community begins to know the love of Jesus because the church lives in the area in that, in that space. So the church is planted, community of faith happens, Jesus' name is preached. So we are going, what we feel like is very fast at the moment, but it is good for us and we love it. And this, this is our life. There was a time when we lived up in Amphalosi, northern Zululand. Uh, I was at our farm there for many years, but we had a sideline business and it was taking um, visitors on horses into onto the eastern shores of Lake Sublisa, which is uh, a wild place. For many, many years, it was, it was um, 
it was uh, government ground, so the army would do all their maneuvers there. But then they uh, left the area and it became this most amazing wilderness area. Beautiful, beautiful wilderness area. And um, I got the concession to take clients, to take uh, people who would ever wanted to ride a horse amongst the game and I, I would take them there. I tell you that because I have a story for us. After one ride, a friend of mine from down here said to me, Andy, I can ride. I would love to come along and, and ride with you at some stage. So I said to him, all right. So we had a trip and they would be overnight trips. So we'd ride in camps and so on. And at this particular night, I said to Guy, come. Finish the, we finished the, the, the two or three nights. We'd stay an extra night. So we, we did. And off we went. Guy and myself and uh, the other um, guide, Colin and Norbert, and off we went. Into the middle of this dark wilderness area. Very dark night, no moon. And we have this hyena in the distance, far away. There's no fences. We're just sleeping in the open felt. We have this hyena. And God said to me, Oh, gee, hyena. And I said, Yeah. And the horses are next door to us, sleeping on our saddles in the grass. And there's no protection at all. We have a little fire. And the next thing we hear, about 20 minutes later, we hear the grass going like this. And we get a. Well, guy gets a fright. I kind of had an idea that this guy was coming. He'd smelt the meat that we had brought just for supper, and he was on his way to come and have his share. We didn't see anything until this enormous hyena put his head into the light which the fire caused. And he just stood there. He didn't worry about the horses. He wanted to know about the three of us. He was far more interested. And we would take it in turns to keep wood on the fire. And as the fire burned brighter, the light, the ring of light around us increased, got wider. And when that happened, he just reversed. But he always stayed in the dark, but just at the edge of the light. When the fire dimmed down, he would come in. And so whoever was looking after the fire made sure they didn't fall asleep. <laughs> and so all the time we, we fed the fire with wood and this enormous hyena would just go in and out. You'd see him here and then he'd appear there and then he would come behind you but he never came into the light. He always just stayed in the dark waiting for an opportunity. Friends, our lives are a little bit like that. The Bible teaches us that uh, Jesus is the light. And our longing and our aim and our, um, our existence, that if we are believers in Jesus, is to make sure that that fire is burning bright in us, that there's the light of Jesus, that we're in that light. Because outside the light is, is danger. But the danger doesn't come into the light. Because it's afraid of the light. And so what I want to talk about this morning comes from John chapter 8 verse 12. Where it says, again Jesus spoke to them. Jesus speaking to um, his disciples and a group of people. Again Jesus 
spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What I want to do is just in four different, make four, uh, I'll give you four thoughts that I have about in, in this uh, one verse. Where it says, Jesus saying, I'm the light of the world. That's the first one. Whoever follows me is the second point more or less. Will never walk in darkness, the third point. And finally, but will have the light of life. They're wonderful lessons for us in this one verse. The prophet Isaiah. So speaking about Jesus saying, I'm the light of the world. The prophet Isaiah writes about the coming of Jesus in this way. In Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. And Jesus confirms this when he says himself, I'm the light of the world. But let's just think about light for a moment. What does light do? What happens when there is light? Light causes us to be able to see clearly. It causes us uh, to have the right perspective on things. We see things as they are and not uh, there's not this imagining what things could be. But light allows us to see clearly things ahead of us. And so you can understand spiritually the light of, that, that, that Jesus is because he says, I am the light. Lights things up for us spiritually. The light lights up our lives in a spiritual way. And friends, all of us need our lives lit by the light of Jesus all the time. All of us. Because there's never a time when we are finished and perfect. Only when we, we are perfect because of Jesus. But as, as people on the earth, there is always growth and improvement. Until we be with Jesus in heaven, there's always going to be growth and improvement and extension of our lives. And that only happens when the light of Jesus is allowed to shine in there. Jesus, in a wonderful way, doesn't ever force himself on us either. But when we ask him to come, shed his light on our hearts, then he gets to work. And as the light shines, he changes things. We're busy building a house right now, and I know about this, if you're repainting, uh, you can repaint one room because it was particularly grubby. And the moment you finish repainting one room, you look at the others which you thought were clean, and you think, oh, they need painting as well, so you get to paint them too. That's how Jesus works in our lives. When we allow the spiritual light of His to shine in our lives, in a wonderful way, He never accuses us. He's not the accuser. Another person is the accuser. We don't want anything to do with him. But the way Jesus works is he convicts us. He shows us. And we agree with him. The way the Holy Spirit works. And that way, as, as we hand ourselves to him, as we give ourselves to him, he gets to work. As we allow him, whatever we give him, he gets to work on it. So we grow in this way. And that is... The, that is the light that Jesus is, throws light in our hearts, and then the Holy Spirit begins to grow us and change us, which is the most amazing thing. 
And I thought about this. Spiritually, the light of Jesus shines in me. He lives in me. What does that do? It helps me how it helps me to see clearly, but it helps me how I see myself. It helps me how I see others. It helps me how I see the future. It helps me how I see my past. This light of Jesus. When I look at myself, I see myself as a son in the Father's house. Not just a random number somewhere which that no one knows about. No, I'm a son in my Father's house. Firstly, I have a father. For many years, um, uh, since I was age 23, I haven't had an earthly father. And there have been one or two occasions where I've thought, oh, it would be so nice. We're a very sporting family to be able to at least do something with my dad. I could sing with my dad before he died. But one day, I saw one of my friends uh, standing uh, on a tee box. That's a thing that the that golfers hit the golf balls off. And he was about to play golf with his dad. And I remember feeling, oh, Jesus, it would be so good to be like Dave, who is the son, my friend. And I felt the father say to me, but I am your father. I am more your father than your own dad ever was to you. As much as he loved you. He gave you good things. But I have everything you need that I can give you. I am your dad. And you know, from that day, I've been very aware of the fact that I do have a dad. He says so. In scripture, he says, call me Abba, which is dad. And so friends, we can, we have a dad. That's how, when the spiritual light of Jesus, when the light of Jesus shines in my heart, that's what I see. When, when, when I, when I, when, when he's, when I allow him to shine, he speaks to me in my heart. How I see others is another thing that, that another perspective we get in the light of Jesus. And and how I see all of you is that you are not my friends. You're my brothers and you're my sisters. Yeah. This is a family. Yeah. And on earth, here's your father and your mother. But in fact, they're your brothers and sisters. Underneath the King of Kings. Alan is an under-shepherd of Jesus, the chief shepherd. But God is our Father. And so that makes us all brothers and sisters. More than you could ever imagine. More than even your own brothers and sisters. Even if you have tight, amazing families. This family is one that stands closer than anything that you know. So it helps me to see that. It helps me to see my future. Some folks don't have a good view or a bright view of the future we have in this country. I promise you this. Jesus has a plan for this country. And it's a very good plan. And so when we see, when the light of Jesus is shed in our hearts and when we stay in the light, you see, if we wander off into the dark in this area, that hyena grabs us so quick. And we believe the lies of the enemy. But while we're in the light, we can see what Jesus is showing us. Full of promises by our Father in Heaven over this country. You see, for Him, nothing's impossible. When very informed, clever men and women 
give you worldly knowledge. It seems good. But unless the source of that knowledge is from Jesus, it may well be way off line. Because we don't know what's coming, and Jesus does. So who we trust is not clever men and women, is not great leaders, or even leaders of influence, or great leaders of great countries. We don't trust them. We trust Jesus. More and more, friends, we're going to need to learn this. More and more. As time gets closer to Jesus coming again, because you know Jesus is coming again, to trust Him is more important than to trust any uh, worldly leader. We must honor our leaders, honor all leadership the Bible teaches, but we trust Jesus. Amen. So that light helps us to see the future. It helps me with my past. When I stand in the light, now there is a great big hyena that's just in the dark waiting to gobble me up over my past. Because I've not always been a believer. And there are things that I've done that I'm ashamed of, that I'm not proud of. But those, the Bible tells me, Jesus has paid for with his life. Because the wages of sin is death. I deserve to die. But the reason I stand here before you today is because of the blood of Jesus. Only. And nothing else. And so you have this amazing uh, perspective in the light of Jesus that these things that are in my past, they are the things that are in the dark. They're gone. They, they, in fact, um, do you know what the Bible says? That God doesn't take account of those things. It even says in, in, in a place that he, there's a lake of forgetfulness that those sins go into, that God chooses to forget because of the, the blood of His Son, Jesus. And there was nothing lacking in what Jesus did for us on the cross. When He died, what did He say? It is finished. And so to all of us this morning, know this, it is finished. The work on the cross is complete. It is done, and our past no longer is a hindrance to me. No longer is it a thing that I stumble over. I'm forgiven, I'm free. And when you feel condemned, or when you feel condemned, condemnation of any type, that's not from our fault. Understand, that's just the, that's this noise. Hyena. He's just making a noise. We don't believe that noise because it's not the voice of the Father. And so when we know the voice of our Father, when we know the voice of our King, and we stand in the light, it's far easier to hear and to follow Him in that place. So, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And those are just some thoughts of the importance of living in the light and staying in the light. So in the light of when the light and life of Jesus living in us floods every corner of our being, exposing us to the Holy Spirit's growing and healing and comforting work, then we move ahead and the world becomes a place that we begin to influence. So that light circle just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. 
as we tell people about Jesus. Second point, so I'm the light of the world is the first. Second is whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. He speaks of following. Jesus says, whoever follows me. There's a need to follow Jesus. What it says to me when, when, when Jesus says, follow me, it says to me that Jesus is not standing still. Otherwise he would say, come to me, which he does, and he would leave it there. But he would, know, he, he would say, come and follow me. Isn't that what he said? He said, come to me and follow me. Which means, uh, by my understanding, that he is moving. Friends, the church across the world, the born-again, Bible-believing, spirit-filled church across the world is in a massive growth phase. In places all over, in the east, in the west, in the north, in the south, everywhere. There are groups of wonderful people just like this. Their friends are not meeting in big fancy auditoriums. They're meeting in small groups because that's the only way they can. They're experiencing the love and the power of Jesus like nobody <coughs> on earth. And just quiet whispers of this comes out. And we are amazed. And want to go, but these are dangerous places to go. You can lose your life. If you were found to be in a small gathering of people behind closed doors. But that's of no consequence to these people. Because every time they come together, they're meeting with Jesus. And such is the joy of that, that everything else pales into an insignificant thing. Jesus says, follow me. There's a way to follow him well. On our 25th wedding anniversary, I think uh, on the 15th of this month, we are 37. 37 years. So... Thank you. It has a lot to do with Kimmy. But on our 25th wedding anniversary, we're talking about following well. We went to a little game reserve in northern Zuland, and uh, we had a wonderful time, and there were lions in this game reserve, which is wonderful. There was a whole big farm, and then there were two, two male lions that were competing over, there were females around, and there was this roaring. Oh, it's fine during the day because you're in a vehicle, but at night time, everything was intense. It was very well done and, and beautiful. Uh, and again, there were no fences. Animals could come and go. Game reserve. And um, a guard walked with us in the evening, which is now dark, 150 meters to where everyone had dinner. So we had dinner, and he said to me, when are you ready to go, call me, and I'll take you back. Don't go on your own. Sorry. Don't go on your own. So we finished off and said to the guy, okay, we're ready to go. And I expected to see him carrying a great big rifle thing, you know, whatever. Big defense gun. But he didn't. He had a torch. I was thinking, yeah. When we faced with a big 480 kilogram male lion in the bush, on our way to our tent, what's a torch going to do? <laughs> what I wasn't, what I didn't know was that it was pitch black. I mean, I didn't know that. But in the dark night, a very bright light stops that line because it doesn't know what's behind it. 
But boy, on our way, we followed very close to the gun. You know? And so what we didn't do was wander around because in the daytime, if there was no threat, Kimmy would have been saying, Oh, this beautiful flower. Just hold on, let's just have a look over here. We'd walk over there. Oh, just hold on in the day. That might have been the case. But not now. Not in this moment. We had 150 uh, meters to walk. We had a guard who was equipped with a torch. He knew what he was doing, but he just said, stay right close behind me. I said, what happens if the lion does come? He said, I'll shine the torch straight in the lion's eyes. <laughs> so, no, man. And so fine. And what about us? He said, no, you just stay close to me. That's all. And so we did. I mean, it was literally, as he lifted his foot there, his foot in, foot in, foot in. <laughs> we, we did not budge. We stayed very close to our friend, the God, literally standing on his heels. In a tight situation, friends, that's how we follow Jesus. Anyway, that's how we follow Jesus. We follow close. Because He is the light of the world. And we want to walk in the light. And you know what we do tend to do sometimes? We get distracted, don't we? All of us. We're walking along, funny enough, even ministry, in ministry. This can be a distraction. If it becomes more than Jesus. Whatever it is. We can wonder a little. We can, we can just be... Uh, Distracted by some things a bit. All of us. But the way to follow Jesus is to follow closely. So Jesus said in that uh, passage, He says, follow me. And that is the way, I thought, to, to share the way that we follow Him. It's this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus told His disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. If we just stay in the light of Jesus, we lay everything down. We don't wonder. We don't think about the things we would want to do. We just follow Jesus. Do you know what the amazing thing is? When we do just follow Jesus, the things that are on our hearts that we would like, just selfish things, amazingly, He gives us those things very often. If they're not going to cause our failure, He, he gives them to us. Matthew uh, um, 6.33 to seek first God's kingdom and all these things I'll give you and his righteousness and that's what Jesus told his disciples and so when we seek first the kingdom of God when we follow nice and closely to Jesus always he knows what's in your heart Nikki. he knows and he knows what's in your heart Manny. and he knows what's in your heart Lynn. and he just says Oh, and by the way, because you're right here, here's this. Wow, I could never have had that. No, because you're mine. You're my son. You're my daughter. Here it is. I'm giving it to you. See, when we seek first his kingdom, when we follow him nice and close, where everything else is out of the way, all our stuff, we have life and we have it to the very full. Because actually we don't know how to give ourselves a full life. Do we? I don't know anybody who knows. But Jesus. 
And when we follow Jesus, it's not a trick, but the trick is this. Just follow Jesus. <laughs> Just stay. Like the gang god, right close by. And along the way, he loves to give us good gifts. Not always material things, sometimes, yes. But he gives us gifts that are valuable, that are beautiful. Gifts that we can serve him with. And gifts that please us. Amazing. So to follow Jesus in the right way is very important. That is close. Third point. Just to rehash a little bit. I'm, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. So when Jesus says, when we follow him, we will not walk in darkness. On a very dark night, many of us uh, have experienced, if not, I'm sure all of us have experienced load shedding, and suddenly the lights go out. And you, if you're not prepared, it just goes pitch black. If there's no moon, no street lights, no lights, no nothing, complete blackout. And then we walk around like this. Oh, we forgot that we left the, 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 the cupboard open and the bomb <laughs> And then we forgot that where we are exactly and the floor goes like this is a bit of a dip and then you do one of those things, terrible things. And you walk, not very confidently we walk, bumping into things when it's dark. Can't walk in confidence. Spiritually it's the same, friends. Spiritual darkness falls in us um, when we believe in the ways of the world. That's what brings darkness. There's no light in the world. Jesus is the light of the world. The world doesn't know light. The light of the sun was given by God. It's a physical thing. Spiritual light the world does not understand. But we live We've had the light of God shone in our hearts that we can be the light of the world. Actually, every one of you, Jesus says, are the light of the world. You're the salt. That makes things tasty. You're the light. That others in the dark can see Jesus by and them also become the light. Spiritual darkness is what we find when we make rules for how we live our lives. And when we are our own protectors and we are living according to our own ways, there's no confidence in that. Because we know the ways of the world at any stage can collapse. We know even our own, in ourselves, we can't trust ourselves like we can trust Jesus. We let ourselves down all the time and then we beat ourselves up when we messed up. And then we get disillusioned and depressed. Ah. Oh. And then life is just a big high and low and high and low. That's, that's what happens when we walk in this uh, spiritual darkness. Facts, friends, we don't. Load shedding is not an issue for us. Spiritual load shedding. <laughs> and there's a lot of it in the world. There's darkness in the world. You know. We all know. But that is not an issue for us. I'll tell you why. Psalm 18 verse 2 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. The world says, 
of a man who follows Jesus in Psalm 37 verse 31. The law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. John 16 verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you in all truth, for He will not speak His own authority from His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. When we walk in the light of Jesus, who is the only true light in the world, we can see clearly through the darkness. Because the light of truth that is written in His Word lives in our hearts when we are filled again with the Spirit. And so darkness is not anything to be afraid of. We, we have to, we, our work is done in a dark world where we bring light. But this family is a family of light. And this family is where we build one another up and are built up by God, by the Holy Spirit, this family. But then we go out into a world which doesn't know Jesus and we become the light. But we will not walk in darkness. There is no fear for us of darkness. And I just feel, uh, I just feel, I feel to prophesy this, this is okay. To speak over this church a boldness and power, the power of God, the boldness that the Holy Spirit puts in you over the darkness. That you may become the light. And so we speak to that fear and we say, in the name of Jesus, be gone. Walk in boldness because you are children. You are brothers and sisters of the light that live in the light. <coughs> and then we've looked at down the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And that's what we're going to have a brief look at now. We will have the light of life. And I, I thought it would be good to just explain how that happens. It's the most beautiful thing. It's the good news of Jesus. It says, but you will have the light of life. We have the light. The light of life. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6. Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. Second letter. He says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light to shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So His light has shone in our hearts, giving us this knowledge, which is the gospel. Giving us the way to the light, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, May this light shine in our hearts. His light. He made to shine in our hearts. And this is why. To give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. So the light God shines in us. Gives us the knowledge of the glory of God. About what? About Jesus Christ. Which is all about the gospel. The good news. 
So he's given us this very precious, he's shown this very precious, powerful light on our hearts so that we may have the light, which, which, which is this, um, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. Who knows what the treasure is? The gospel. The good news. Every one of us are clay. We're jars of clay. We're nothing more than that. But in us, in us, we carry this treasure. That's what 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7. But we have this... um, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. The gospel. Romans 1, 16-17. I absolutely, I love this scripture. For I'm not ashamed, Paul says to the Romans, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek, for it is the righteousness of God, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Faith. This is the gospel that has been given us. And we are not ashamed of this good news. It's the thing that God has given us. It's the light that shines in our hearts. That we shine out. Because who knows, we're not supposed to take this light now which is God shining through us and hide it under a basket. Oh, that's what the Bible tells us. But we take it so it can be seen. So people are drawn to it. That we do by our lives and by preaching. And so that we can share with them the good news, those that don't know. That they come also into a relationship with Jesus and are saved. Amen. And so this is the treasure that we carry. This is the light that God has given us by shining on our hearts. But we, have, we will have the light of life. This is the light of life. I have a very good friend, Pumlan Jori, and he lives up in Matubatuba. And while I was leading the church there, we struck up a wonderful relationship. He was he owned a gym in the area, and he and he would come to church. He was a born again believer, and we had we had a wonderful I don't know four or five years more, um, just brothers walking in Christ. One day he came to me. He said to me, Andy, I've got a big, big problem. I said, what, what's, what's the problem from now? He said, I have an uncle and I have a father who divided the family. They'd log ahead. They're fighting and it's, someone's going to kill one, one, one another just now. And it's going to divide the family forever. It's going to cause big problems for us. What do I do? And I think what he was expecting was to me to go with him and go mediate. And I said, come now. Here's what you do. You preach the gospel. He said, yeah, but how's that going to help? I said, Pumla. And we walked through what he was to say. Well, he told me the story. He went that morning because the family had called a big meeting. And there's a big rondel, a big one, where everyone sits on the outside, I mean on the inside of the rondel, but around the edge of the wall, all facing one another. Uncle on that side, father on that side. Pumla in the middle. Because by now they'd seen something special in Pumla. It was different to them. Because they weren't believers. And the discussion started about cattle. And about children. And about sacrifices. And it got heated and got angry. And then they turned to Pumlan. 
And they said, what do you have to say? And so he stood up. And he said, no one in this room is without sin. First thing he said. Not anyone. So his dad was like, whoa, I thought you'd back me again. And his uncle uncle was saying, my boy. But he said, there is not one of us in this room that is without sin. And he said, and more than that, God hates sin. We are in not a good place before the God of the Bible in this room. All of us. Because he hates sin. And we all have sin. No one could argue. And our sin, he said to them, has separated us from God. And that struck the family. Because no one wants to be separated from God. Because even when people aren't believers and they haven't been had the gospel preached to them, they still revere God. Make no mistake. And we desperately, he said, we desperately need his help to resolve this problem of ours. Come to him and ask for forgiveness for our sin, he said to the whole room. He said, Come to the Father. He's the one who will sort this out. And they did this. Later, in that same meeting, the two crossed the room and shook hands. The uncle and the father. The family embraced. They were one again. And who had done this? For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it's the power of God. For the salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first, also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed. From faith, for faith, as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. This treasure that Pumlan carried in his heart was what unlocked this situation. He said he was amazed. For days after that, with just tears as he told me the story again and again of how powerfully this had locked what was potentially a deadly problem in his family. Isn't that beautiful? That is the life that we carry. This is the power that we have in us. It's called the light of life. We have the light of life. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That is what the light of life can do. When no man, no mediator, no matter how influential, could have did what Jesus did that morning for Poblan and his family. Glorious. Power of God for the salvation of those who believe Him, but also power to restore men to God and to one another. This amazing treasure that we carry. And so friends, to finish off, Jesus is the light of the world. And He has made His light to shine in us by giving us the gospel so we can be His light to a world that is desperate for His light in their hearts also.
It's a glorious thing to be in the presence of Jesus, which we are now. And to sit, hear His Word, to sense the Holy Spirit's work in us as His Word is preached. Because this Word has now gone out. You've heard it. It's in your hearts. It's over your minds. It will bear fruit. If you give it a chance, if you listen, if you walk close to Jesus, knowing that you don't want to go out of the light, He begins to do the work in His hearts, in your hearts, that He wants for you. And so that would be my parting shot, was let Him speak. I've shared what I felt God said, but let Him speak to you. Let Him be the one that brings the changes. Thanks, Alan. Thanks.